Hello, Sky friends, and welcome to Seasons of Skyrend, Book 4. We're a custom 5e D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they seek to change the world, and how the world responds in turn. I am your host and DM, Scott, and you can find me on Twitter at TheScottBlake. Hi, I'm Chris, and you can find me at EwokKiller on Twitter. I play Hi, my name is Nate. You can find me on Twitter at Skyran underscore Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk, and I am currently hosting Cade, the demigod of the land in my brain. Hi, I'm Shannon. You can find me on Twitter at Skyrend underscore Shannon. I play Aranus Gray, the god of rebellion, and I am a half-elf bard. You can also find the show on Twitter at Skyren Podcast, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Podcast. Head on over to find out about bonus chapters, early access, NPC creation, and more. Now then, thank you for joining us, and please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. The sun shining down on the road leaving Vermilion is accompanied by the slow and steady beat of hooves and the creak of wagon wheels. A cool wind blows down off the ocean branch overhead as your journey south begins. Darwin and Arnis leave behind not only the capital and the newly established Church of Rebellion, but their friends Vale and Iolana as well. They've decided to leave the adventuring life in favor of their own personal goals. Their absence will not go unnoticed, but the remaining members of the Bard's Rebellion certainly aren't alone. Their Tamani friends, Samudio Sniffins and Carolina Scratch, remain with them, but they are also joined by a handful of other companions, new and old. The halfling priest of Favon, Felicity Hallibrook, the rock gnome, Tonk Magal, an aspiring Bard, and Sethor Doan, the young human bookkeeper from Karami are all pleased to rejoin Darwin and Arnis. Then there's Morello Leone, the half-goblin assassin in training, Mahogany Tombolo, the young halfling leader of a street gang, and Parlin Tress, an older human whose faith alone has spurred them on to join the group. Whether joining as friends, Aranistas, or religious faithfuls, the traveling party has expanded more than ever before. Sam has put the winged horses... Shadowmare, Windrider, Ben, and Theron to work, pulling the group's wagons. With Gostrom's fall, their gifted wings no longer function as intended. Instead, they have turned to bone and stiffened in place, holding their last pose before the god of monstrosity's death. An occasional, dull knocking sound can be heard as the wings knock into themselves or the reins holding them to the carts. The horses are growing accustomed to this new situation, but now and again, a neigh or a whinny escapes their mouths as they strain against the discomfort of the dead weight. As Sam directs the lead wagon down the road, what are each of you up to? Darvin or Arnes? I want to try casting something. (laughs) Um, to what end, Arnes? 
So, uh, I have this new, like, absolutely unknown power that, frankly, is kind of freaking me out to use. So, I want to try casting something, like, kind of innocuous, just to see if it's, like, any different than before. Okay. Um, That could have all sorts of effects, let's just say. So, before we get right into trying to cast Divine Magic... Darwin, is there anything you're doing with your time on the road? I don't think specifically. You know, the usual Darwin things, whittling, <laughs> keeping an eye on <laughs> the road. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Question for Arnis. Are you doing this as the wagons are traveling? Are you doing this during a stop in the day? Um, do you want to be on the wagon, off the wagon? The first time I do it, I'm going to, it's just going to be just like in the wagon. Mm-hmm. And by like innocuous, I mean really innocuous. Like I'm going to cast light. Okay. Just okay. See we'll what, see. see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Well, presumably like, mm-hmm. which Would is why like-, like, I'm not worried about doing it in the wagon because I'm just like, oh, it's just like, it's just light. Like surely mm-hmm. it's fine. Maybe. I don't know. Are you in, <laughs> are you in the lead wagon being driven by Sam, or are you in the rear wagon? Let's say, let's say Parlin is driving it. I will be, I'll, I'll, I'll be in the rear wagon. Okay. Are you like up on the bench next to Parlin, or are you under cover of the wagon? Usually I hang out on the bench only because like my perception is kind of decent. So I'm usually helping mm-hmm. out just sort of scoping. Okay. So you're going to try to do some divine magic next to your most faithful follower. Uh-huh. I mean, let's be really clear. I'm not exactly like <laughs> it's totally fine. I like I'm not intending to cast something divine. I just want to see what my magic looks like now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, well since you haven't done this before, you haven't used any magic while being divine as far as we've seen. I'm not even going to worry about asking any of the other like sub questions I have for when this happens a little bit later down the road. Cool. Let's see. So you want to cast light. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Light is a cantrip. You touch an object Mm -hmm. that is no larger than 10 feet in any dimension until it ends. That object sheds bright light in a 20 foot radius. Dim light for an additional 20. Can be colored as you like. Completely covers the object. Oh, completely covering the object is something opaque. Blocks the light. The spell ends if you cast it again or dismiss it as an action. Okay. What are you lighting up? I think I'm just going to light up my loot. You're going to light up M. Question. If this goes absolutely positively horribly wrong, and <laughs> that happens at the source of where you're trying to cast it, do you want that to happen? <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> I just know that there, I, like, I don't know that there's anything else convenient for me to cast it on. I mean, I I'm, cast it on my shirt. You could pick a coin out of your pocket and set it down on the ground. I will let you know that the most disastrous this can be will not be damaging to your loot if you were to cast it on M because this is such a benign spell. Because of the nature of this spell, the worst that I'm not going to say that it can't go that divine magic can't go terrible 
but with a cantrip that is that its only purpose is to cause light, you're not going to make... This isn't cracking your loot again. This isn't punching a hole in M again, Darvin. Okay, I wouldn't want extra holes in it. <laughs> but it's up to you if you want to change it to something else. Um, yeah, maybe let's cast it on something smaller. So, like, I'll take a coin out of my pocket. Okay, what kind of coin? I don't know. I There's suppose we have... I suppose we have silver around here somewhere, so I'll just grab one of those. I was going to say, you've got three options. <laughs> I know. Let's not make it difficult. Okay. Arnis, what is your spellcasting ability? It's charisma. Okay. I assumed so. Just wanted to double check. Go ahead and roll a d20 and add your charisma bonus. <sighs> no proficiency here. Sorry. You, you are not proficient in divine magic. Oh, Lord. Yeah, okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't rolling a d12. That would be bad. I go for it. You'd roll a d4 for all I care. <laughs> I hate you. Uh, I got a 15. What color light do you want this to be? Uh, it's usually purple. Okay. So you concentrate on this coin. You're casting your light magic on it. Going for a nice, bright purple light. Well, it definitely feels different casting magic now. I don't want to say it's a feeling of dizziness or vertigo or anything that makes you queasy necessarily, but there is something unknown about it off just because it's different. You know, like when you write with your opposite hand and you know what you're doing, but this feels weird. And if you want to elaborate on how that maybe feels to Arnis a bit more, I will let you, but it's not anything disastrous this first time. You're concentrating on the coin, and it starts off as this purple light, and it starts shifting in color. You see it shift towards this darker blue and this darker purple, little cracks of black in it, um, before it settles on a bluish purple color, almost what you were going for. But other than that, the spell is operating at its intended effect. Um, Unless, of course, I misunderstood you and you wanted to, like, never mind. <clears throat> we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. Don't worry about it, Arnis. Don't worry. Don't worry about it. All the other people around this person who doesn't uh, have experience doing this. What now? <laughs> it's fine. That's so terrifying. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, sure. So, yeah. Your magic still works. It was certainly visually different. And give you a little bit of a different feeling inside. Um, is there any, would you like to elaborate on how that felt for Arnis at all? Or are you, are you good with the, uh, the analogy that I had? I mean, I like, I might just say it, it felt like, like trying to play the loot the wrong way around, right? Like instead of playing it right handed, it felt like trying to like flip it over and play it left handed. Mm -hmm. Like, I understand how this works. I know where all my fingers are supposed to go, but my fingers won't quite do what I want. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the same idea as trying to write with the other hand, but um, you just can't quite make it. Right. Obey. <laughs> make your hand obey. Right. Well, I mean, you can't like, it, it's not doing what your brain thinks it should be. <laughs> okay. Okay. How do you feel about the light not being the color that you wanted it to be? I'm not super thrilled with it only because right that what I just did should be easy and the fact that it wasn't 
uh, worries me a lot. Okay. Well, watching you cast this magic, divine or otherwise, still impresses Parlin. They see you cause this coin to light up. They see the dancing colors, and they are enthralled. And they turn to you and they say, "You haven't." Sorry, question here aside, you haven't as as a god told people how to address you like my lord, my liege, holy father Arnus, or anything. No, I haven't specifically, but if he does anything weird like that, I will, like, tell him to not. <laughs> but but no, I, I haven't given any specific, like, right. here's what you should call me. All right. Parlin, is, just as a reminder, Parlin is they, them. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. You're still getting used to this NPC. And they sound like me, so. <laughs> <laughs> they all sound like you, Scott. <laughs> Shut up. You're saying I can't do voices? No, I didn't Um, say that at all. All right. Parlin turns to you wide-eyed. My lord, that was wonderful. I do so enjoy seeing your miracles. Oh, oh dear. Um, I, I really hope that, my lord, you were just using that as an exclamation and not addressing me. (laughs) How else should I address my god? Um, can, you can call me Aranus. <laughs> yes, Lord Ar. Oh, no. Like, distinctly, <laughs> without the lord. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll try, I'll try. After forgive me, it's still getting used to being in the presence of a deity. Yeah, well, I'm still getting used to being one, so we're all in the same boat. (laughs) Okay. So it went fine. Parlin is... If you say so. Parlin is impressed. Nobody's hurt. Nobody got blinded. The horses weren't spooked. Things are going all right. Darvin. Ooh. As we're traveling down the road, are are you spending time with any NPC? Um... Probably. Mostly, probably, my friend Felicity. Oh, okay. Are the two of you mostly catching up, or did you want to talk about something in particular? No, mostly just catching up. Okay, okay. Let's see. Last time that you saw each other was outside of Capris, when she lost her arm, and she was heading, she was going to go into town, you were going to go off to Honey Hollow. She certainly heard news about Honey Hollow. She hasn't seen it herself, obviously. But uh, she's heard. Um, I don't know if that's something she wants to bring up at the moment. I think she wants to start off on a more positive note, getting to hang out with her friend. I mean, this isn't the first time you've spoken since then. You've obviously been hanging out in the capital and on the road here now for a little bit. But still, you know, she has to spend some time with her friend. She'll start it off on a more positive note, if you're not going to bring it down. Nope. Mm-hmm. Well, Darvin, I gotta say, it's it's nice being on the road. It's nice just having a little bit of sunshine, going at an easy pace, getting to catch up with you. Yeah, I've missed it. Since, since that day in the capital, the explosion and the light and everything, I've been feeling closer to Favon, and I've actually been able to feel them respond, and it, 
it brings me such warmth, you know? I don't know if you've ever felt separated from your god, from Corum, but... I can relate. <laughs> feeling that absence was unpleasant. And now, you know, I'm feeling better. I'm, oh, good. I mean, honestly, it's one of the reasons why I can go off on this journey with you so comfortably. I know I'm not leaving them behind either. But I... I'm curious, I guess, would be the best way to put it. You know, if Arnus, I mean, Arnus has the power of a god, however it happened. I, Scott, don't know how much you've told everybody about exactly what went down. Um, but, you know, if Arnus becomes more and more like the other gods, do you think they'll just stay out on the road? Do you think they'll still just be living with us people? Or do you think he's gonna retire? Ascend? Ascend, yes. Abscond to the heavens or something? Yeah. I know the gods aren't always out and about. I don't know where they go when they're not here. That's a good question. It doesn't sound very ironous, though. Are you worried? Kind of. I mean, yeah, more than kind of. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen to my friend, but, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. done is done. And I know, I know some of them, some of the other folks here are a little bit more of a follower than others, uh, in the religious matters anyways. And I know you follow Arnus as a friend, but do you also follow Arnus as a deity now? I don't think so. Hmm. I mean, no. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I hope Arnest, whatever he does with this, does it for good, for the betterment of other people like he says he's doing. But, you know, new power. It's a little unknown, a little untested. Corrupts, yeah. is that what you're saying? No, not necessarily corrupts, although I suppose that could happen. I just meant it could change him. Maybe not for the worse, but yeah, you know, it's just things I think about sometimes. Eh, as long as he still knows how to play an A minor, we're good. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and she laughs. And I think, Darwin, unless you have more that you want to talk about with Felicity at the moment, we'll pull back from that. I think I'm good. Okay. Darvin, I meant to ask, are you in a wagon or are you walking on the road? Oh, I'm probably walking on the road. Okay. Stretching my legs. Nice, nice. The horses are not going faster than you can walk. This is just a nice, gentle, you know, it's a traveling party when you've got wagons. Some people are walking, some people are riding. So, during a pause in the conversations, Sam climbs down from the lead wagon have a quick chat with both of you, Arnus and Darvin. I suppose, Darvin, you and Sam can be walking alongside the rear wagon if Arnus doesn't want to get down. It's not, this isn't like a private <laughs> secret conversation. It's just he wants to talk to both of you. Gotcha. Arnus, you staying up there on that wagon or are you hopping down? Um, I'm staying up on the wagon. Okay. You stay on your high horse, my <laughs> lord. <laughs> just messing with you. So once Sam can talk to both of you at the same time, it says, 
hey, look, I, I know it might be a little bit early in the day to plan a stop, but there's this real old bar, the Duke's Lament, not far off the road, you know, coming up about an hour or so. I mean, we missed it the first time, being up in the air and all. But I don't think we're going to have that problem this time around. <laughs> um, not unless all of a sudden we can get these horses flying again. But, uh, you know, they have some real vintage dwarven hooch. And, you know, if you're interested, if we're lucky, hopefully we can catch the old Duke himself there. It's been a while since I visited, but it's a relaxing stop. Sounds good to me. <laughs> How is it, Sam? You know exactly what to say. <laughs> you said bar good dwarven hooch what makes you think we're gonna say no <laughs> I don't know I mean eh, he, he kind of motions around a little bit and he's like well, we got kids with us now they can wait in the wagon <laughs> we'll crack a window <laughs> yeah. wait in the car while daddy goes and gets drunk <laughs> yeah <laughs> See, and I'm glad it's Darwin that said that because I was thinking the exact same thing, but I was like, can I say that now? I feel like I can't say that. <laughs> you can say it, of course. Not everything you say is like a decree written on a stone tablet from on high. Ooh, can I decree no stone tablets? Can I start there? But how will you keep track of such a decree? Metal tablets? <laughs> <laughs> I don't Sorry. know. We're in a world of magic. Anything is possible. Eventually, you could just have an ever-sprouting font of light that says no stone tablets. There we go. <laughs> See? But you're not there yet. Nope. Definitely not. <laughs> you could try. One thing I will say, I mean, you were trying with just a normal little cantrip that you already know, but you don't know the depths of divine magic. <laughs> No, I'm sort of terrified, but that's okay. We'll we'll jump in with both feet. That's fine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sam lets everybody know that you're going to be making a slight detour off the main road. Everybody seems on board with it, particularly Tonk and Mahogany, for their own reasons. <laughs> but as you continue on down the road, and the Duke's Lament is not too far ahead, Sam will lead the wagons off of the main road, onto the smaller side road. Not quite as even. It's a little bit narrower. There are fields of squash growing along the side, mostly acorn and butternut, and the occasional harlequin sneaking in amongst them. The lead horses give an unusual snort and look around. Roll perception. You're not sure if something is amiss or if it's just horses being horses. I got a dirty 20. Mmm. Darvin? I got an eight. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Darvin, this just looks like a field of squash. Neat. Growing nicely. It's a fine autumn day. I guess I should also ask, Darvin, where are you? Where am I? Still walking along the side? Oh, yeah, yeah. Still walking along. Okay. And Arnis, what about you? Uh, I'm, I'm still on the second wagon. Okay. So what is it you say or do to warn people that something is amiss? I think I just tell Parlin and, and Sam, if I can speak loud enough to do so, just to yeah. stop the wagons. Something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, first, Arnis, since you passed, before you can fully grasp what's wrong, you feel a tingling, almost turning sensation in your chest. 
right where that bloom is planted. And then everybody, you feel the ground beneath you shake as something moves closer with alarming speed. You don't need to know who or what is coming to know that it is trouble. And as you scan the area to spot the source, the ground in front of the horses cracks open as a pair of enormous stalks burst out, rising high above. The stalk on the left is dark green and has large flower buds every five to ten feet along its sides. The stalk on the right is a light brown and is covered in razor-sharp thorns the size of tonk. As the stalks loom overhead, barring passage on the road, there's an eerie laughter echoing from an unseen source as the brown stalk shoots a thorn into the ground between the carts as a bud on the green stalk opens to reveal a large red flower that flaps its petals and takes to the sky, looking more like a griffin than a flower. Arnis, since you're in the rear wagon, you can see that thorn right in front of you. It cracks open with a spark as a huge mass of vines wriggles out, taking the form of a snake-like crocodile with half a dozen stubby legs emerging from either side. Roll initiative. You're so screwed. (laughs) (sighs) You don't need to worry that everything is fatal. You're kidding, right? I'm not allowed to fight plants. (laughs) You don't know that you're not allowed to fight them. You just know you're probably not allowed to kill them. Dude, he's watching me. They're watching me? He's There. Yeah, Brumble is plural. Dude, Brumble be watching you. <laughs> First for once in my life, I rolled really high initiative. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. How do you know it doesn't matter? Because what am I... Whatever. Okay. Darvin. Ten. Arnis. Another dirty 20. Just a dirty, dirty day for you. Apparently. Okay. Let me just get some initiatives down for these two guys. Well, between the four of you, does look like Arnis is going to get to go first. Whether NPCs jump into this fight or not, we'll see. Because, one, they may not all be comfortable fighting. But two, you know, protecting the wagons is also a thing. Okay. So as these giant stalks emerge from the ground and unleash creatures of some sort, like you've not seen before, Arnis, you are first up. What would you like to do? Well, this is probably going to start us off on, like, the worst foot, even though it usually is totally clutch. I am going to try to cast Tasha's Hideous Ladder. On what? On the thing right in front of us. Whatever oh. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Weird snake-a-dial. <laughs> snake-a-gator? <laughs> I mean, whatever Arnis wants to tell himself that it is. I don't know. However you catalog it in your brain is up to you. Okay. Um, is that a save or is that a roll on your part? It's a save. You make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Wisdom saving throw. Okay. Let me get a die here. Let me get their die here. Hmm. Does a 12 save? It does not. Okay. What happens to them? Well, they fall down laughing, but I'm not really sure what that looks like with this particular thing. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you, it quickly twists along the ground like a lizard. You see the tail flailing. You see numerous stubby, viney legs in the air, kicking and laughing as its mouth is caught in laughter. You see these small sparks of lightning fly out from the sides like spittle, almost. And it is on the ground laughing. Is there anything else you'd like to do, Arnis? No, that's... that's... well, wait a minute. No, as a bonus action, I would like to give Bardic Inspiration to Darwin. Nice. Very good. As a reminder, what die size is that? That is a D10. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's got some power behind it now. <laughs> You're very inspiring. I guess Godhood will do that. Okay. Up next is this flower griffin in the air. And Arnis, since you've done something... They are going to swoop down at you. It dives through the sky, down at you, sitting right there behind the horses next to Parlin, who, rightly so, is going to start freaking out a little bit. They have not seen anything like this before. Whether or not they've seen any sort of combat with their own eyes before, I don't know, but this is different. Uh, It's going to swoop down, and it's going to try to scrape at you with these kind of thorny claws, and it's going to try to bite at you with a flowery mouth. Aw. Well, I don't think the bite is going to work, because that was a nine. However, the claws, the thorny claws, are 27. Yeah, that that's going to hit no matter what I want. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. They rolled very high. <laughs> Uh, They swoop down at you, clawing at your face, clawing at your arms and shoulders. And that's going to be 10 slashing damage before they zoom right back up into the air. Unless you would like to make an attack of opportunity. Uh, Like, I... (laughs) They started it. I know, they did, which is how I could justify it but we're also on their turf so like i just i'm like uh like i want to but i i don't really need brumble any more angry at me okay uh, i feel like that kind of direct action is like is a problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like it's one thing to sort of like non-violently incapacitate something but like Or someone, but it's like another thing to stab them. (laughs) Okay. So Arnis, as this flower griffin flies up into the air, you decide it best not to attack, lest you upset Brumble anymore. And as this flower flies away, Parlin reaches across the bench and kind of pushes you back with their arms in like a protective manner and turns to you and asks, are you okay? My lord, Aranus, are you okay? I, dude, this is a, this is a Tuesday for me. So (laughs) yeah, I'm fine. (laughs) Okay. Okay. They're worried. They just saw God get hurt. So yeah, little concerned. But after that flower griffin flies up, it's time for, um, what did you call it, Aranus? Snake-a-dial? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but then I remembered you, that you said it was sort of like an alligator, so I called it a snake-a-gator. Snake-a-gator. 
You can call it an Alice snake if you want. <laughs> Fire. That's pretty right. good. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um. It's not great. I mean, I'll give you that. It's not great. Those two things, like the words don't go together well mm-hmm. in a pleasing way. This viney snake-a-gator, as you so eloquently put it, it is their turn now. And they get a chance to save at the end of their turn, don't they? Correct. Okay. Wisdom again. That's only a nine. That does not save. They stay <laughs> laughing. They stay rolling around on the ground. Little sparks continue to fly. Darvin, it is your turn. Okay. What do you want to do? I want to attack something, but I'm not that sure what. Um, because RNS has the snake-a-gator more or less incapacitated, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For now. And there's nothing else on the ground, it sounds like? There is not at the moment. That griffin is a good 40 feet in the air. Don't you have a crossbow or something? Yeah. You had a bow and arrow, but I remember you getting rid of it in the dungeon at the palace. But I don't know if you picked anything up in between. I mean, I don't know if we said you picked anything up in between. There was plenty of time if you wanted to have gotten another bow and arrow or another crossbow or something. That's fine. Yeah, I there's nothing written on my character sheet, but I would have probably picked up a crossbow if that's cool. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Okay. Because, yeah, you had a few weeks in the capital. I assumed you were getting supplies, and since it's not anything magical, yeah. Um, let me just... Do you want a crossbow or do you want a bow? Check your proficiencies. Indeed. Oh, yeah, that's true. I think I had a bow before. That Maybe that's where my proficiency is. Let's see. Uh, a short bow is a simple ranged weapon. Sorry. A long bow is a martial ranged weapon. Got it. I need simple, simple weapons. Okay. Crossbow. There's a light crossbow. That's probably. That is simple. One. It has a range of, has a short range of 80 feet. Long range of 320. It deals 1d8. That's a two-handed weapon, though. Mm. And then there's, I mean, a short bow would be two-handed as well. But just in case you thought light meant small, there's specifically gotcha. a hand crossbow like what Vale had. Gotcha. Um, light crossbow, not hand And crossbow. a short bow does 1d6 piercing, and it has the same range of 8320. Well, the light crossbow sounds better, then. It does. I'm just trying to see if there's... Oh, because it has the loading feature. Gosh, there's something we haven't done before. Loading. Because of the time required to load this weapon, you can fire only one piece of ammunition from it when you use an action, bonus action, or reaction to fire it, regardless of the number of attacks you can normally make. Oh, but Do I really? Well, you have the extra attack, right? Oh, because then I can make two attacks. Got you. Yeah. All right, cool. Sounds good. If you didn't have the extra attack feature, it wouldn't matter. But because you do... And the short bow is also simple, right? So I have proficiency. Yeah. It's okay. a simple weapon. It's a ranged weapon. Uh, it just deals a d6 instead of a d8. But okay. dealing 2d6, potentially 2d6 in a round, is mathematically better than 1d8, provided you hit both times. Okay, cool. And just to throw this out there, those large stocks are still coming up out of the ground, and they go higher than what that flower griffin is right now. They go higher than the flower griffin. Yeah, they're standing probably 50, 60 feet tall at the moment. I see. Just in case you felt like 
doing some Jack and the Beanstalk shit. Oh. Oh. Oh, man. Say that one more time. <laughs> Wait, who, me? <laughs> yeah. I said the, the stalks are 50, 60 feet tall in case you wanted to do some Jack and the Beanstalk shit. Because, you know, you can, like, run up walls. I never yeah. thought about that, but damn, yeah. Um, I was just like, hey, if you wanted to climb it, it's there. Or if you wanted to start chopping it down with your leg sword, it's there. Um, mm. Yeah, I was wondering about climbing it or running it up, but... But yeah, you, you do have that fancy monk thing where you can just climb up vertical... Sur- walk up vertical surfaces. Right. Mm. I do that or just start hacking at it. For now, I'm going to stick to the original plan and fire a couple arrows at the... What's it called again? Flower Griffin. Flower Griffin, yeah. All right, then. Roll it, buddy. So that's a... That's a 12. Mm -hmm. Is that a... Is that a no? A a 12? I'm sorry, that's a no. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, that (laughs) was total. I I rolled a 3. It was not a good roll. Okay. The first arrow just flies wide into the distance, lands in the squash patch somewhere. Second is at 21. Oh, yeah, that'll hit. Nice. It's plus dex, right? Damage? Yeah. Okay. That's eight damage. Okay. You hit the flower griffin right in the petals. It staggers a bit in the air before righting itself. You can't see proper eyes on this thing, but it looks like you have its attention now. Uh-oh. Then, at the bottom of the round, um, since nobody else is doing it, Sam is going to try to convince people to move away to safety. Parlin, back that wagon up. Get the, get the horses away from this whatever it is. We don't, we don't need them getting hurt. He hands the reins of the, the lead wagon over to Seth. And is like, hey, I know you're not the best, but just uh, get them up the road if you can. Um, who else does he want to ask to do something for him? Well, he doesn't have to ask. People can take initiative. So yeah, Sam is working on getting the horses and the wagons a little bit farther away from this fight. Hmm, who's going to be the most likely to run away? Not, not in a cowardly way. Da, 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 da. Um, I think um, ah, it's either going to be Tonk or Mahogany, one of the two. I think Tonk wants to stay and see Arnis in action and maybe lend a tune or two himself. So Mahogany is going to take this moment, look around and be like, I can see the bar from here. There's the Duke's Lament. I'm going to rush up and, I don't know, warn people, see if they have any help. And she takes off on her little halfling legs, running off into the distance through the squash patch. Then back at the top of the round, you see both of the stalks twist, turn, grow a little taller as on the green one another bud opens up releasing another flower griffin into the air and the brown one turns fires a thorn into the ground right where that front cart was and it cracks and you see sparks flying out from that one again as well this one's a little slower getting out you don't see a burst of vines coming out the sides but you see tree roots kind of pull itself out. It's a very similar shape. It's just not so much vines as it looks like a tree in the shape 
of a snake-crocodile hybrid, and it is slowly emerging out, pushing it. It's not a threat at the moment because it's taking a little longer to get out of that shell, but it's coming. Um, I will have them act on the same initiative as their other counterparts, just so we know we have the flower turn and we have the snake-a-gator turn. Arnus, it's getting crowded. Okay. Arnus looks at the field, looks at the number of people we have on our side, sends up the quickest of prayer apologies to Brumble. I suppose I could just look at the flower. <laughs> it's always listening. <laughs> and just says, like, I I'm I am so sorry. <laughs> we like we are outnumbered and they're not here to negotiate. <laughs> and Oh, God, I'm going to regret this so much. I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, now, there's something we haven't seen happen before. Right? When did Arnus become a warlock? Last level. <laughs> okay, roll your attack and then separately roll another d20 plus charisma. Shit. Attack first. Yeah, yeah, attack first. My bonus. How, how do you play this game? I don't remember. We got dice and shit. Oh. Oh. Okay, well, the attack is a 26. Well, that's going to hit. Oh, dear. And the charisma roll. <sighs> the charisma roll is an 18. Hmm. Again, it feels weird, like playing wrong handed, as you put it. And you can see the color flickering and changing as you shoot out this Eldritch Blast. Question, is it just one? Um, above 11th level, it's three beams. <laughs> is it three attack rolls or is it one? Uh, it's, it's, one it's one attack roll, I think. Let me look up Eldritch Blast. Oh, why is this filter not filtering? Yeah, it just says make a ranged spell attack. And then the spell creates more than one beam when you reach higher levels. Um. Yeah. But it also says you can direct the beams at the same target or different ones. Make a, a separate attack roll for each beam. Yeah, but is that is that if you're casting the beams at multiple targets? Nope. That means when you cast Eldritch Blast, you roll three times. Oh. You essentially get three attacks no matter how many targets you want. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Okay. Yeah. So roll the other two attacks. You won't need to roll more charisma rolls. You won't need another divine check. But roll the other two attacks. Let's see if they okay. also hit. Well, attack number two is a 12, so no. No. And attack number three is a 28. That is going to hit. Can you remind me real quick? Who are you targeting? Oh, the sky griffin. Okay, the griffin. Nate was already attacking. I'm sorry, that Darwin was already attacking. And the one that attacked you. Yes. Okay. Let's get some damage. Okay. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. That was either Four. really good or really bad. Four? <laughs> I rolled a one and a three. <laughs> well, at least it's a cantrip. <laughs> I, I mean, from the divine perspective, you know. It's pretty weak thoughts. It went just fine, but <sighs> from just a spell use perspective, I'd love to get into it because I know Eldritch Blast is, usually, is typically a warlock spell, and you're only getting it because of bardic insanity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but like, hey, that magic usually comes from a patron 
And are you just your own patron now? <laughs> and is <laughs> it weak because so. you don't know your own divine power yet? <laughs> I mean, that makes sense to me. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, therefore I can't really cast this right. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. It's. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to do, Arnis? Sorry, that was just the one action. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, I suppose, well, I mean, I suppose when he started backing the cart up, I would have jumped off of it. Oh, okay, you're not just writing it off into the sunset. No. <laughs> okay. Bye, fight. I'm going away now. No, 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 no. Okay. After Arnis, it is the flower griffins. Well, you've both hurt the first one. So I think it's just going to stick with Arnis because it's already hurt Arnis once. The other one will go for Darwin. So, Arnis, it's going to fly down at you again and it's going to get some claws and some bite action going. How about a pair of 12s? No. <laughs> Yay. And it is going to return to the sky, unless you're going to make an attack of opportunity against it again. Um, or at all. At this point, yeah, I am. <laughs> Pull out that dagger. Yep, that's that's the one. All right, go for it. Oh, well, I'm going to miss, because that's a 12. Yeah, it's not going to hit. <laughs> three on the die. 12s are consistently missing all around. Yep, that three on the die, that's not going to do it. <laughs> Alrighty, Darvin. Um, you're gonna get attacked. Oh, the second flower griffin is going to fly down and attack at you. Does a twenty-one hit? Yep. Cool. Then the twenty-three also hits. Yep. So I need I need some d sixes and I need a d eight. So the first thing it's gonna do is claw at you. It's gonna kind of land on your shoulders and dig them in. While it's doing that, it's going to reach a flowery beak towards your arm and towards your back and start picking, picking at you. So um, it's 11 slashing from the claws and 14 piercing from the beak. Okay. For a total of 25. Okay. Doing all right? Eh, a little scratched up down to 90. Oh, poor baby. <laughs> Down to um, 90. That's still above my regular maximum. <laughs> and after it gets a couple pieces out of you, Darwin, this flower griffin's going to try to fly back up into the air. So if you want to make an attack as it parts ways, you can. Ooh, yes, please. Is this going to be a punch or a leg sword? Leg sword. All right. It's a dirty 20. Oh, yeah, that'll hit. A leg sword. Wow. So on a D6 and a D8, I rolled two ones. Mm. 11 damage. Mm. I feel you, buddy. That's not bad. That's not bad. In that one attack of opportunity, you did almost as much damage as the other one has received in uh, three or four attacks. Only two that hit, but yeah. It was all attack bonus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... After those flower griffins, it is time for our wonderful snake agators. Thank you again, Arnis. First, the one who's laughing hysterically. Oh, Arnis, did you? No, you didn't get hit, so no concentration required. First, the one who's laughing. Do they recover? Who boy, that three on the die says no. Yay! So the first one to emerge, the viney one, is still laughing. Still cackling on the ground. Meanwhile, the second one emerges, pushes its way out of this giant thorn, 
it moves with a little bit more fluidity than you think a like a tree trunk should, but it is definitely stiffer than the first, than the viney one. It emerges. It sees Darwin, and this guy is going to lunge at Darwin and ooh, let's have fun. Darwin is going to use a grasping root attack on you. And as it gets close, it stops maybe 10 feet away, and you see it plunge one of its stubby legs into the ground, and you see the ground get disturbed underneath it as a root shoots through, and it comes up, and it's going to try to attack and grapple you. Let's see if this hits. Darwin does a 24 hit. Yeah. You are now grappled. You'll take a small amount of damage from this as it squeezes on you. Well, not if I roll high. You'll take another 11 damage. Damn. All right. But this this root is now wrapped around your leg, the non-sword leg, the regular human Darwin leg, and this creature kind of stumbles forward another step, stumbles forward another step or two, kind of bringing you closer and bringing itself closer. And there's there's still a good five feet in between you. Yeah. Darwin, what would you like to do? Well... You can, if you want to try to deal with this grapple thing, you can try to escape, and you can also try to hack away at it. Ooh, is that an attack if I'm trying to hack away at it? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Let's hack away at it. Alrighty, alrighty. I mean, I will let you know, obviously, you need to use your sword and not your fists. Got you, so... Unless you can do slashing damage with your fists yet. Mm, I don't think so. Maybe if I'm holding a shank, but, you know, as far as I know, (laughs) no. So this is a regular attack with the leg sword, yes? Mm-hmm. Okay. 16. Ooh, that is that is not going to hit. Is, you want to take your second attack against it uh, as well? or? I was going to ask if I got one. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. No, this just counts as you attacking. Got you. But if you're attacking specifically the root holding on to you, that is different than if you're just attacking it. Got you. Anyway, I got a 13 total. That's not good, Darwin. I know. I can't roll. You are grappled still. Okay. After that, it is the bottom of the round. The carts continue to move away. And seeing that people are out of the way safely, Sam and Carolina are going to take on their full Tamani forms, of course. Sam's going to rush over towards Aranus. Carolina's going to rush over towards Darwin. Darwin. Caroline is going to try to help you out. Nice. We'll see. She has some sharp claws, but she still has to hit. Why do your NPC friends roll so much better than your enemies? That's an 18 and a 19 on her two claw attacks. Um, <laughs> wow. So yeah, she slices through that root, freeing your leg. And she hunches down a little bit like a cat ready to pounce. Bears her claws, bears her teeth. Mahogany has now disappeared through the squash patch. Tonk's going to take this moment to play a little song. Do, 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 do. And he's going to give his bardic inspiration to Aranus. That's new. Aranus, <laughs> that is a D6. Okay. He's not at your level, but he can still use bardic inspiration sometimes. And yeah, seems like he might need it. Okay. Top of the round, you see the plants twist and shift some more, and that 
eerie laughter can be heard from underground somewhere. Another flower blooms, and a purple griffin emerges. There's not another thorn at the moment, but honestly, you guys haven't hurt either of them. One of them is stuck laughing, but you haven't hurt either of them. So, Aranus, there are three flower griffins in the sky. There's a laughing viney snake agator, and there's more of a wooden tree-like snake agator over there attacking Darwin. What would you like to do? You are also bardically inspired. I would like to first not, I'm, I'm not expecting a response to this. Um, I'm going to shout at all of these plant creatures for Brumble's sake. What do you want? <laughs> um, I'm not expecting them to answer. Good. And then I'm going to cast Eldritch Blast again. On that same flower, Griffin? Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, what should I roll first? Should I roll the attacks first, or should I roll the... Let's thing? roll the attacks first. Let's roll the three attacks first, and then we'll roll your divine check. The 21 and the 29 are definitely going to hit. Does a 16 hit? Yes. Ooh, all right. Well, then all three are going to hit. All righty. Now, roll the divine check. D20 plus charisma. 18. All right. This time you've got a purple one, you've got a dark blue one, and you've got a black one. And all three of them slam into this flower griffin. Roll your damage. One of those is still a one. The other two are slightly better. 13. Okay. Okay. Anything else? No. All right. It is the flower griffin's turn again. And Arnis, this time two of them are going to swoop down at you, one after the other. First, the one that you've just been pelting with Eldritch Blasts. Okay. Ooh. I don't suppose a 16 hits. Uh, well, a 16 is my AC, but I'm going to cast Shield. Okay. How about a 26? Well, I mean, that's going to hit no matter what I do. Okay. So you're going to take a nice flowery beak to the shoulder going to peck at you a little bit. You're going to take 11 piercing damage. Oh my lord. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's going to fly off into the air before the second one comes barreling down at you. Do you want to attack that first one as it goes away? Yes, please. Go for it. That is 21. That'll hit. Okay. I think Sam will also take a swipe at it, because he's right there next to you. You'll also be successful. How much damage you got? Six. Okay, let me roll Sam's damage. Let me roll some sandwich. <laughs> See, no, those two words go together well. Bits of flower petal fly off as it takes back up into the air. And the second one comes flying down, this new purple one. Dive bombs out of the sky, and rather than trying to claw and bite at you, you see like, the base of the flower, like, where, where it's still green and plant-like. As it flies down at you, it's just going to slam into you with that. And these flowery tendrils reach out and try to engulf you. Oh my god, not again. <laughs> um, oh, I'm sorry, it can't do that. It's going to try to do that. It has to make a couple of attacks first. So it slams down into you and you feel these flowery tendrils smacking at you, trying to get around you. And here comes a couple of attacks. 
You still have your shield up, right? Yes. So I'm not sure if these are going to hit. A 22? Yep, that hits. Oh, no. Then the 24 does as well. Yeah, my AC is 21. Ah! What a waste of a shield. (laughs) It protected you from 25% of the attacks. Yeah, that's no good. But here, it's going to do some bludgeoning damage to you. They're so screwed right now. (laughs) It is 22 bludgeoning. Oh my god. And those tendrils just wrap and wrap around you. Like, pretty much from your waist up, you're just all flowery and considered grappled. But but nothing more intense than that yet. It can do more, and it will try to do more, but right now it is just grappled. Oh, I need to make a gun save. Ah, yes you do. So 11 is the DC. Is it just, like, it's just constitution, right? It's a constitution saving throw, yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know why I thought it was something else. I I got a 15. That's good. The viney snake-a-gator remains laughing. Maybe someday you'll get to learn what they're actually called, but um, (laughs) I just so enjoy your portmanteau. (laughs) All right. And then the third one. Darvin, you're going to get attacked. Nice. Is it? Is it? No, it's not. It's going to fly down and try to claw at you and bite you again. That two on the die can go to hell. But this 19 on the die for a uh, 26. That'll hit. Okay. Again, it can't quite claw you, so it's just biting at you. 11 piercing damage. Okay. And it's going to try to fly away again. Would you like to kick at it? Yes, please. All right. Go ahead and make your attack of opportunity. Carolina will do the same. 21. Ooh, that'll hit. Nice. Go ahead and roll your damage. <sighs> Minimum damage again. I got six. <laughs> All right. We'll see if Carolina does any better on the damage side. She, she did a little bit better. She did a little bit better. Petals fall as it flies up into the air again. And then it's time for the two ground forces. First, the laughing one. We'll see if it can stop laughing. Son of a bitch. Arnis. Have I said how much I hate Tasha's hideous laughter? (laughs) Only as much as we've said we love it. (laughs) (laughs) It remains on the ground, laughing, twisting, sparking, vines shooting off into different directions, trying to pull itself together. It's just not happening. But the second one, the wooden one, is under no such restrictions. What does it want to do? Ah, it's going to make a few attacks on you, Darwin. The first two are going to be bites. And it just looks like the trunk of a tree opens up with jagged, wooden, splintery teeth. And it's going to try to take a bite out of you. Oh, these are both going to hit. Because that is a 26 and a 27. Yes. All right, Darwin. It's time to, time to be happy that you're on Corum's good side. Uh, I'll do these one at a time. Oh my god. Wow. What happened? Nothing. It just sounds like a lot of dice. Sounds like a lot of dice, It's just three, and then I'm going to roll them again for the second attack. Oh my god. Um, (laughs) The first is 29 piercing damage. Wow. The second is considerably lower with 15 piercing damage. So I'm down to 24. Okay. 
I can't move, so... Um, and then Darvin <laughs> is going to do its third attack on you. And oh my god. the creature is going to rise up, pushing its upper body off the ground. And a couple of these stubbier legs grow a little bit longer as it tries to constrict them around you and grab onto you. That's a 24, Darvin. Uh-huh, that'll hit. This is gonna hurt. Oh my god. And I do mean in comparison to the last one. Oh my god. You don't have any damage resistances, do you, Darvin? Resistances, no. Or other ways to prevent damage from attack rolls? No. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a combination of bludgeoning and slashing damage. First, as just the weight of this creature hits you, and then as splinters and thorns along its wooden legs wrap around you and they slash into you for a total of 35 damage. Wow. Does that put you at zero? Uh-huh. That would... All right. I didn't know we were going to get into your... uh. Corum's blessing stuff so soon, but uh, maybe I need to pull that up. Well, I can spend key points also. Oh, that's right. To just drop to one instead, right? Which is less insanity making. Okay. Will you be spending that key point? Uh huh. All right. In which case, you are at one hit point, and right now you are grappled by this creature and. Because you're the only one it is grappling, you're also restrained. So your speed is zero. Attack rolls against you have advantage, and your attack rolls have disadvantage. And you also have disadvantage on dexterity saving throws. Okay. And then, Darwin, it's your turn. Then I need to try and get ungrappled or unrestrained. Um, you can both. still try to escape the grapple, yeah. That's the way to do it? Okay. Mm-hmm. I will remind you that Aranis gave you some bardic inspiration. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I was just going to remind him of that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How do I escape the grapple? Is it... uh... It would be... uh, I want to say, for you, you'll probably want to use the uh, dexterity version of it. Acrobatics. Acrobatics. Yeah. Acrobatics. Okay. Uh, Let me just make sure it's not a dex save real quick. No, I'm pretty sure it's an acrobatics check. Um... It's an action, yeah, and it's either athletics or acrobatics. Acrobatics, let's do it. Sounds like the good way to go, good way to go. This is your action, though, so. Got you. Oh, god damn it. Uh, 12 total. Remember, you have bardic inspiration. Oh, that's right. That's right, okay. Um, let me use the bardic inspiration, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a d10, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's going to make it 16 total out of the four. That is just barely enough to escape the grapple, Darvin. You kick and push, and uh, you are free of this tree creature. But also, that's my turn. Mm-hmm. I mean, you do have your move and bonus action if you had anything to do with those. But if I move, it gets an attack, and so I'm good. Alrighty, alrighty. So, Darwin escapes this creature's grasp. Aranus, Sam is going to try to help you out a little bit. See if he can't pull this creature off of you. So, you feel one of Sam's big paw-like hands grasp you, kind of like on the thigh. And the other one 
grabs near the base of this plant creature, near this flower griffin, and just starts yanking. And he's gonna make a he's gonna make a strength roll here. He's able to pull this creature mostly off of you, and there's a few vines still wrapped around your shoulders, and you can see the flowery beak kind of snapping at you. You are no longer engulfed by the plant. Oh, good. Caroline is going to take a couple swipes at our wooden friend over there who's been trying to eat Darwin. Hmm, one of those is going to hit. One of those is going to hit. All right. At the top of the round, you can hear more laughter from under the ground. It's still just that one echoing giggle. The stalks twist and turn and almost bend down as if they're trying to get a closer look at everything you're doing. Arnis, you can definitely feel a tinge in your chest from your lovely little boutonniere. And Darvin... Amidst all the combat and the pain and just like the clattering of noise in combat, you can hear a little whisper of Cade trying to get your attention. Mm. He's not used to being the one to engage, but he's, he's putting forth an effort. All right. Aranis, what would you like to do? I mean, I know what I want to do, but I don't think I can. So <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's space, and I'm pretty sure I'll hit all my allies, so I don't want to do that. Um, what I really want to do is cast Firestorm and just smoke all of these bitches, but I don't think I can do that. That sounds terrifying. I like the The problem is all of the cubes have to be connected on a face, and so I don't mm-hmm. think I can miss all of my allies. No, I don't think you could either. Yeah, that's that's my problem because we're so spread out right now. <sighs> I just don't have things that do a lot of damage because I'm not a damage dealer. I know, I know. Um, you lost an assassin and a and a mystic. Like those those denouement folks are gone. I I guess I'm gonna cast Eldritch Blast again. I mean, I just don't like. I don't know what else to do. <laughs> so okay. Let's get a good one, two, three. Doof, doof, doof. Okay, that's an 18. Mm-hmm. A 21. Oh, mm-hmm. and a crit. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, cool. Before we roll some damage, roll a divine check. Give me that, give me that d20 plus cha. Can I, use cha, cha, cha. Bar- can I use bardic inspiration on these checks? <laughs> uh, no, you may not. This is a totally homebrew type thing, so uh, you got to wait until you get a handle on this first. That's a 14. Mm. <laughs> that is not great. Aranus, high or low? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> high. Okay, I'm going to roll a d20. 11 or higher. It'll be something more to your benefit. Oh, fuck. We're so screwed right now. Hey, that's a 19. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Stop being so melodramatic, Aranus. We are so screwed right now. All right. <laughs> Roll your damage for the first two. Not the crit, but the other two. Oh, okay. Six. God damn. Okay, okay. Good, good. Because that wasn't enough to kill it. Now then, the crit. This would be 2d10 normally, right? Uh-huh. 
Roll 3d10. Oh my. Oh, now I roll high. 18 damage. Mm-hmm. Or like what I should have been rolling all along. So the first two come out, and they're just normal Eldritch Blasts. A little off-colored, but they hit. Boof, boof. The third one comes out like this huge beam. And there's a sustained purple light as you shoot directly through this flower griffin. And it disintegrates around this light. That was unexpected, to say the least. Sorry, Brumble. (laughs) How are you feeling about seeing your magic do things it's not normally doing? Not good. Mm-hmm. At all. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to do, Arnis? Um, start praying to Brumble that the flower <laughs> in my chest doesn't slowly kill me. <laughs> oh, wait. Um, oh. Should I try to heal Darwin? I don't feel like it's worth it. He's at one. I know, but he could stay that way, like, kind of in perpetuity. I got yeah. a bunch mm-hmm. of key points. Okay, I'm not going to do it yet, but it's not yeah, because I don't. Happens. It's not mm-hmm. because I don't care about you. It's just. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Very nice. All right. After Arnis is the flower griffins. The purple one that had been latched onto Arnis is just gone. It is no more. The red one that had been dive bombing Arnis earlier is going to continue that attack. Arnis, here comes a couple. Does an 18 hit. I'm going to shield again. All right, let's burn them spell slots. That misses. The claw attack was just way too low to even mention. So you go unscathed, and this griffin tries to fly off into the air again. Ooh, stab. Slashing. All right, Sam does the same. Go for it. I swear they're taking more damage on attacks of opportunity than anything. I totally agree. Because I just got a 25. <laughs> Damn. To hit. All right. Roll your damage. I know it's not a lot, but still. Still seven. <laughs> All right. And that one's on its like last pedals now. There's two big pedals still like flapping in the air, trying to keep it aloft, but the other ones have all just been mangled. Darvin? Um, your friend is going to dive bomb you again. Nice. Sorry, Flower Griffin. It's going to come down and slash and beak at you. And we'll have to do these one at a time, because you're at one hit point. Well, the four on the die is going to miss. Thank God. Don't have to worry about that one. But the other one is an 18. That'll That'll hit. Spending another key point? Yep. All right. Keep track of them key points. On it. After it does so, it's going to try to fly away again. Do I get an attack opportunity? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure do. Nice. As does Carolina rolled a two. She's not hitting. I rolled a... 18. That'll hit. Cool. Could this be with the sword or is it still kicking? You can use your leg sword if you want. Nice. It's any melee weapon that you've got on you. Got you. 15 damage. Ooh, damn. Holy heck. That was nice, Darwin. <laughs> well struck. Well, well struck, well struck indeed. Alrighty. Now, we get to our laughing friend. Still laughing. Can they stop laughing, please? Please, Aranus, give a plant a break. A ten. Nope. All right. In which case, it's the wooden one's turn. 
It's going to make its attacks at Darwin again. Um, does it want to do the same thing, or does it want to switch it up a little bit? Darwin? Yo. It's going to do the same thing it did to you last time. <laughs> so first thing it's going to do, two bites. Ow. Ow. Going right for your arms. That crit fail is not going anywhere. There's a loud snapping sound next to your head, and splinters just fly off everywhere. But the other one is a 23. Yeah. I could roll damage, but I know you're only at one hit point. <laughs> Key point. Key point. Still at one. Rears up again and is going to try to slam you and grab onto you again. Wait, will you call the call the number on the die? Sure. That's a six. Oh, I'm good. Darwin, does a 16 hit? Oh, no. Oh, thank ah. God. <laughs> Your AC 17. 17. Yeah. Oh, look at you, fancy Darwin. Right. Fancy Darwin. Very fancy. All right, then you're fine, Darwin. I got nothing to say to you. You didn't get hit there. Nice. Which case, it's your turn. What do you want to do? Uh, I want to listen to Kate and see what he has to say. Okay. Okay. What does Kate have to say? Darwin, these plants aren't working on their own. There's. There's someone with them, and they're being aided, it seems. I can't... <sighs> if I were me, if I were in a proper body, if I could connect with the ground, I could tell you who it was, but... I can't. It feels familiar. Hmm. Okay. What else would you like to do, Darvin? I'm going to attack the snakey-gator that's been attacking me. All right. Let's go yeah. for it. Definitive action. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, first attack. 24. Yes, that hits. 11 damage. Nice. Okay. Chopping into it with the leg sword. Yes. Nice. And then my second attack. Ooh, that's a 12. That is not going to hit. And I'm saving my key points, so no bonus punches. Do you get one bonus punch without spending a key point? Yes. Oh, yeah. Wow. We haven't... Right. Sorry. Yeah. It's been a while since we've combated. Right? Thank you. I appreciate the reminder. Well, that's another 12. I keep rolling threes. Okay. Punching trees is hard. <sighs> like in Minecraft. You've punched trees. That, yeah. <laughs> They're stiff. All right. Sam has no ranged attacks, so he just positions himself next to Aranus to be ready for when that flower griffin makes its attack again. Um, can yeah. I like, okay, let me, let me ask something. Can we get to Darwin and Carolina ourselves without incurring any opportunity attacks? Like, could we run over there? Yeah. The, the viney guy has been laughing this whole time, so it can't make attacks of opportunity. So you'd be fine to move over there if you wanted to. Okay, then can I tell Sam, like, go over there. I'm right behind you. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sam stops. He's about ready to defend you. Arnus He's like, oh, oh, yeah, good idea. And he rushes over. So he and Carolina are now flanking Darwin. Carolina's going to take some swipes at our wooden friend. Missed terribly. Five and a six on the dice. Turns out trees are also hard to scratch. Who knew? Um, can Tonk do anything fun here? Tonk is going to cast a little magic mouth over next to Darwin and the gang to be there to help lend words of support. 
and he's going to give Darwin another bardic inspiration. Just a d6. Nice. Because he's very wee. (sighs) He's very untrained. He's self-taught and has not gone to proper schooling at all. So just as a reminder, Arnis, Darwin, you both have a d6 of bardic inspiration from him. Very nice. Meanwhile, you hadn't seen him before, but Morello's been sneaking around the side of the road, and he's getting ready to, like, come up from behind on this wooden guy. He's being all quiet and sneaky about it. He's got a dagger in his hand. He's looking ready to pounce. I'm sure he'll do just fine. Meanwhile, top of the round, these two enormous stalks begin lowering themselves as if to encircle the whole group. Like they're laying out in opposite directions and wrapping around, beginning to form a ring around you. But first, before anything else can happen, Chris. Yes. Mahogany comes running up out from the squash fields. And Chris, tell us about who is behind Mahogany and what they are doing. There is behind Mahogany a um, rather average-heighted tiefling with a dark black beard that he keeps groomed and pointed so it looks like the typical cliched like devil beard and antelope horns. Yeah. And he's dressed in like riding leathers that are like scorched and beaten up like they've seen a ton of battle. He's about, like I said, average height, literally maybe a little less than that. If you picture Tom Cruise, he's about that height and build. Um, and carries a wand out that looks like a miniaturized version of a lance already at the ready. His skin is a dark uh, red brick color with golden yellow eyes. And he's got black, medium length hair, wears a long brown leather riding coat, very like cowboy-ish feel. And then running up right next to him is a blue and gray drake. This drake is about the size of a Bengal tiger. It's a very large drake. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And it's moving very slowly. And if you look at it, it's blue and gray, but the gray is because of the amount of calcified bones on its scales. So it's still suffering from the withering. And they just kind of come skirt in the corner, the two of them ready for action. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Thanks again to all of our Patreon patrons for your support. If you'd like to become a patron, go to patreon.com slash Podcast and pick out a level that's right for you. Before we go, I'd like to give special thanks to everyone at the $5 and up tiers. At the $5 City Council level, thank you, Shannon DeMello. At the $10 Mayor level, thank you, Christopher DeMello. At the $15 Governor level, thank you, Paul Calicott, Phoenix Bryan, and Sierra Jones. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast. You can join our Discord server, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrenpodcast.com. As always, thanks to Daryl Barnes for creating our theme music. You can find them on Twitter at Daryl Barnes underscore. 
We also want to thank the talented at Gabby underscore Desu on Twitter for our fantastic podcast art. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Seasons of Skyrend.